Well, firstly, I want to carry on from what Pastor Lisa said. Um, we want to remember all of the brave military women and men that have served this country, that have defended this country, and uh, protected those who can't, be, can't protect themselves. These are people who understand words like respect and honour and duty and service. And um, we are eternally grateful for those guys, very thankful for them. We appreciate them and we will be commemorating them tomorrow and we will remember them. So if you are a military person, you're in this room now, thank you very much. Shane, Allison, I don't know who else is here that's military, but yeah. And I just want to welcome Rain Elise back. Elise has had a baby called Hapai Kirunga, and he is here today. So uh, that's one way to grow the kingdom, isn't it? And I also want to welcome James and Cheval and our family from Flaxmere Christian Centre. You know, James was voted MVP here probably 10 years in a row, he was the, and he was uh, voted most likely to succeed. Is he succeeding up there? or <laughs> Average, average. Uh, it's awesome to have you guys with us. Well, praise God. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for an opportunity to hear what you've got to say in this season, in this place, to these people, Lord God. Father, I thank you that every word goes out, Lord Father God, will be packaged up individually for every heart, Lord Father God, for whatever season they're in. Father, singly for every person, but also corporately as a group, as a family on a mission here, Lord God, we thank you, Father, for guidance. We thank you for the word of God that refreshes us, Lord God. And Father, I thank you for every person here, every family represented, Lord God. We just ask that you pour out your blessing, your favor, and your prosperity on these people. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Well, like the soldiers, if you have received Jesus Christ as your saviour, then you have signed up to defend the kingdom of God. You've signed up to defend the kingdom of heaven on earth. You are now a Christian soldier and part of God's army. And you have been born into a war that has been raging since the Garden of Eden. You see, you may know this already, we are in a battle, and we have been since the minute we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and saviour. Each and every person in this room, somewhere in your life, you are in a battle. The enemy is poking and prodding a weakness in you. Our enemy comes only to kill, steal and destroy. Our enemy hates us. He hates your relationship with God and he hates the fact that God loves you and that he chose you to be his. He is relentless in his pursuit of his objective to split us up from God, to divide us from God, to see those that might walk into the kingdom of God just walk away from it. And so it's important that as Christian soldiers, we know exactly who we are in Christ Jesus. We have to know exactly where we stand with God. This is not a time to play at church. This is a time for us to get in the battle. And sometimes when you're taking hit after hit and challenge after challenge, you can become battle weary. You can become tired. You can start to hang your head. But I want to tell you this. If you know who you are in Christ Jesus, then your countenance will change. 
Because I tell you what, your enemy does know. Your enemy, the devil, knows exactly who you are. When the devil sees a son or, or a son or daughter of God walking towards him, he shakes in his boots. It's not a regular fear. It's not just a little bit of worry or concern. He shakes in his boots. When he sees you, when he sees Paul, or he sees Gordon, or he sees Grant, or he sees Karen, the enemy is shaking in his boots. You see, he knows more about you than you do. He believes every truth that's been declared over your life by God himself. He knows that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He knows that each and every one of you have been given the power. You have not been given a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of sound mind. He knows that you walk in the authority of Jesus Christ, that you carry God on the inside of you. When he looks at you, he's not scared of you. He sees God. He sees the power of Almighty God all over you. And so when you are in the midst of the battle, remember who you are. Believe the things that God has spoken over you in your life. You see, the devil knows that he's a defeated foe. He knows that he loses. We win. So the, the title of my message is Onward. Onward. It means to move forward. It means to move forward regardless of circumstance. Regardless of what you see in front of you. Regardless of the lies that the enemy is telling you in your quiet time. When you're feeling weak. We are to move forward. The Christian soldier is to move forward. To get traction and move forward. The Christian soldier doesn't take a step backwards. We are called to stand. But we're also called to advance the kingdom of heaven on earth, right? We're meant to move forward. We need to move forward and take back territory, take back ground. Our enemy has infiltrated our schools, our government, and every area of society. He thinks that his plans are working. It's up to us to take the territory back, isn't it? Each and every one of us. You're a soldier. Our job is to push back the kingdom of darkness, to push back the darkness. If we don't do it, who's going to do it? We move forward, we take territory, and we push back the darkness. That's what a Christian soldier does. And we can't push back darkness with darkness. We can only push back darkness with light. We heard Pastor Lisa preach about that. We, didn't, we couldn't work it out, could we? Last week, two weeks ago. We push back fear with faith. We push back his hate with love. When you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, you signed up to defend the kingdom of God. You just signed up to defend the kingdom of heaven on earth. And you signed up to defend all of those who can't defend themselves. All of those people who don't know how to fight a spiritual war. We didn't sign up just to get from God. He's a generous God and he gave generously, but we didn't sign up just to get from God. We signed up to serve. And so we need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to go through and just talk about a little bit about who we are in Christ Jesus, a little bit about um, the battle that we're in. 
I'm going to talk about the weapons of our warfare, and then I'm going to talk about the mission. Those of you who have heard it before, you're welcome. Okay, Ephesians 1. Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. He writes it to the church of Ephesus. He's writing to a group of people, a young church that is fired up and passionate for God. Are we fired up and passionate for God? I know Flaxmere is fired up and passionate for God. I've been to Flaxmere. I'm fired up. Their pastor is fired up. So Paul is speaking to the church of Ephesus and, and he starts off by trying to encourage them. He's trying to tell them who they are in Christ Jesus. You know, Pastor Don used to say that this was the training ground. This is where we come to be equipped for the game that is out there. The game isn't played on a Sunday between 9 and 12. It's played out in the world 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And so we come to be equipped. And what Paul's doing here, he's giving a team talk. He's saying to these guys, this is who you are. When you get out there, the enemy's going to be fearful of you. You're going to win. You've already won. You've got the victory. And so in the first book of Ephesians, verses 1 to 14, I'm not going to go through scripture by scripture, but I have plucked some bits out of all the scriptures. Paul says we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Now, tell you what, if you want, you can share after each of these because this is your inheritance. Every spiritual blessing. We have access to every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. He planned for us to be holy and blameless. You see, God wanted us to walk in holiness. He sent his son so that we could walk in holiness. When he sees us, he sees Jesus. When the enemy sees us, he sees Jesus. The plan was for us to walk in holiness and to be blameless. He predestined us for adoption to himself. He decided from the beginning of time that he was going to have his children back with him. And I mentioned this morning that my brother and I have an adopted brother and an adopted sister. And um, my mum used to tell them the story that she didn't just have them, she chose them. She made a conscious decision to choose them. That's what God when he cho- did when he chose you. He chose to adopt us. He predestined our forgiveness through the richness of his grace. I like what uh, Fergus McIntyre says, that God is not moved by our humanity. You're not special. He's seen it all before. Your sin is not special. He's seen it all before. The richness of his grace. You know, his grace abounds towards us. We can't outrun it. Doesn't mean we can go around willy-nilly sinning. But it means that his grace is sufficient for today for every single person that has given their heart to Jesus Christ. It means that no matter how many times you fall over, how many mistakes you make, you're not going to knock God off his throne. He'll still be on his throne tomorrow and he'll still be God. Grace is how we got here, isn't it? These words, forgiveness, grace, redemption, they're words that we should be eternally grateful for. This is your life. This is not something small or insignificant. We are forgiven by the richness of God's grace. He planned to unite all things to himself. He had a plan from the beginning of time that all things on this earth would be united to him. 
The earth is groaning. Humanity is groaning. Our ecosystems are wrecked because they're out of alignment, because the enemy has infiltrated every area of society. God created and designed this world to be in balance, and it's out of whack. It's out of alignment, out of balance. And God's plan is to unite all things to him. Go out into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Every single living thing that's been created, God will unite it to himself. God planned, God made us joint heirs to an inheritance with Jesus Christ. We are brothers and sisters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's a big deal. When you gave your heart to Jesus, you became a brother and a sister of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You inherited the kingdom of heaven. You inherited everlasting life and the authority of Jesus Christ here on earth. That's a big deal. When we heard and believed the word of truth and the gospel of our salvation, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit. So not only do we have the authority of Jesus Christ, we have the power of God on the inside. The power of God. The power of God that raised up the mountains and filled up the oceans. The power of God that put every star up in the sky. The power of God that created every living thing lives on the inside of you. It's hard for us to wrap our brains around it, isn't it? And so in the beginning of Ephesians, Paul is encouraging the church of Ephesus. He's telling them who they are in Christ Jesus so that when we get into the battle, and we will, we don't falter. We don't drop. We stay strong. We don't show any fear. The devil's scared of us, not the other way around. When you get in a battle, don't believe any of the lies that he tells you because he doesn't believe them. He knows the truth. So we need to tell ourselves exactly who we are in Christ Jesus. And we did this this morning. We had a pretty, uh, pretty educated group. Someone tell me something that we are in Christ Jesus. What have we got from being in Christ Jesus? Just throw some stuff out. Sorry? Eternal life. Victory. Wisdom. Righteousness. There we go. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't got more than two, then what else? What's that? Fear. We didn't get fear. <laughs> Freedom from fear. Yeah. We are ambassadors of the king. Yes. That's a big voice. That's a military voice. That is a military voice. Kings and priests. What else? We should be able to rattle these off. Don't be shy. Freedom. Good to see you, Ken. Yeah. Healing, yes. You know, we should be able to remind ourselves of who we are in Christ Jesus all the time. And uh, Pastor Don used to rattle this off all the time that uh, we are overcomers, more than conquerors, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Uh, we're blessed in our going out, blessed in our coming in. We're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. He used to rattle that off all the time. And then he'd say, glory be to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I was listening. I was listening. If you can tell yourself who you are in Christ Jesus, and the devil can't lie to you, can, can he? He can't tell you that you're hopeless. He can't tell you it's your fault. He can't tell you that he's, you're weak, 
that you can't overcome a situation. He can't tell you that you can't be healed. Because in your quiet time when you're feeling tired and weak, that's what he'll come with is lies. It's up to us as a Christian soldier to equip ourselves, to build ourselves up in the word and know exactly who we are in Christ Jesus, isn't it? Yeah. This message is really just reiterating what you already know, that we are in a fight. It's not just about church. I know I'm speaking to people who understand that, but And so at the end of the book of Ephesians, Paul is trying to think of an ending. I know that because he says finally, like he's really thought about the ending. He's thought about what do I need to tell these people at the end of this book? What does the church of Ephesus need to know? And in Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 18, he starts off and says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He's reminding you that you are full of the power of God and to be strong in it. Never falter. Show no weakness. We carry the power of God. And then he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. To put on the full armor of God. So now he's telling us about some of our weaponry, some of the things that we can fight with. And he says schemes there, the devil's schemes. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And Pastor Robin Whenever she prays, she pays against, prays against the devil's schemes. And so I looked up schemes just to see what the actual definition was, and I found this. Scheme, a large-scale systematic plan or arrangement for attaining a particular objective or putting a particular idea into effect. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, against the devil's systematic plan to attain a particular objective or to make us believe an idea. The devil's scheme, his plan, is to separate us from God. That's his objective. The idea he wants to plant in our heads and in our hearts is that God isn't real. God's not going to help you. God doesn't care about you. He doesn't love you. This is his systematic plan. It's not an accidental plan. It's a systematic plan. Do you ever, you ever notice that You'll get prodded in your weakness when you're at your weakest, when you're feeling tired, when maybe you're at the end of your rope, maybe you're in the middle of a battle. The enemy will come and he'll prod you specifically, individually, with your weakness. He won't come to Elise and prod her with my weakness because it doesn't work, because he's got a systematic plan. It's a plan. Sometimes we think about the devil just throwing out arrows all over the place. It's not like that. It's a systematic plan to separate us from God and to make us believe that God isn't real. So back to Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. The enemy will try and make you think that your struggle is with your neighbor or with your boss or with that sister that you just can't get on with. Or with that brother at church who's offended you. Or it's with the leadership because they've made decisions that you don't understand. He wants you to believe, he wants you to look and be distracted by everything that is flesh and blood when our warfare is actually spiritual. 
He's got us looking in the wrong direction, hasn't he? It's subterfuge. We have to know who we are in Christ Jesus. We have to know what the battle is. And Paul says here, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our battle is a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual war. You can't win a spiritual war with worldly weapons. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Money is great, but it's not going to win this war. It doesn't matter how much influence you have. Influence is great, but it's not going to win this war. It doesn't matter what kind of car you have. It doesn't matter what you think you have. This is a spiritual battle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And so Paul is making it really clear to the Ephesians where the battle actually lays. We're called to love our brothers and sisters, aren't we? Love God and love people. That's what we're called to do. Not love God and blame people. We all know we've done it. And then he says this, he says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Who's ever seen a soldier go into battle? You ever seen a soldier go out in shorts and jandals? No. Even if you see someone riding a motorbike and they're riding in shorts and jandals, you go, what? <laughs> see it though, it's like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Paul is telling us that we have some armor. We have some things that can protect us because we're in a battle. Some of us are walking around just in shorts and jandals. Nobody here this morning, but some of us are walking around in shorts and jandals. When we've been given the armor of God, the armor of God that can stop the schemes of the devil. And so I was saying this morning that lately I've been getting woken up early, like between three and four in the morning. And I've been figuring that God wants me to pray. And so before I pray now, I, I spend some time thinking about who I am in Christ Jesus. You see, I'm going into battle when I pray. I need to know who I am. Because when you're praying, the enemy knows what's happening. So I need to know who I am in Christ Jesus. I remember Dawn King telling us how she would put her armor on every morning before she goes out. Dawn, sorry. <laughs> She's everywhere. <laughs> she would put her armor on every morning, and I know that Dawn is a prayer warrior. And so I put my armor on. I don't do it like it is in the Bible, but I start by saying, Father, I put on the shoes of the gospel of peace that plant me firmly, give me a firm foundation and traction to move forward. I put on the belt of truth that helps me to discern what is of you and what isn't of you. I put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect my heart. I put on the helmet of salvation to protect my mind, to protect myself from the thoughts and imaginations of temptations. Father, I take up the shield of faith, which quenches the fiery darts of the wicked one. Every word ever spoken against me, I meet with my faith. 
Every curse, every spell, every hex, every vex met with my faith. Quenches all of the fiery arrows of, of the devil. Everything that he's trying to put into place for his systematic plan to divide me from God. My shield stops it. And then I get to draw my sword, which is the word of God that cuts sharper than a two-edged sword. And man, then I'm ready to pray. And in verse 18, it says, pray. It says, pray. Some people call this the seventh piece, seventh piece of armor. Pray always, never cease. <laughs> yeah. In all things, far out. It says, and pray in the Spirit. And pray in the Spirit. We're not talking about a, a quick prayer for a car park. I was saying this morning that it takes me nine minutes to get to work. I pray on the way to work. We're not talking about that. It's good to pray in all sorts of ways. We're talking about battle prayer. The kind of prayer that you go into not knowing what the time is when you get out. That you go into not making a time limit. Because we're going to battle. You don't get to say when the battle ends. What we do know is the battle is over before it begins. But we need to be praying battle prayers. There's a whole world out there that is defenseless against the dark forces of this world. It's our job to push back darkness, isn't it? And we have the power of prayer, and prayer helps us to access the resources of heaven. Prayer is probably our most powerful weapon. Praying the word of God with the Holy Spirit. I'm dwelling on it because I just think it's so important. I think it's so important right now in the world that we're living in right now. There's no point in moaning and whining about what's happening in the world if you're not going to battle in prayer. It doesn't make any difference. Our worldly weapons don't work in this war. And I know that on a Friday at 5.30 there is prayer here. And I've been along once this year. I'm usually over the hill on a Friday, but I got to come here. And these guys go to war. Gordon, Margaret, Elaine, Dawn, Tucker... And so just imagine if everybody in this room was at one of those prayer sessions a month, even just one a month. And if we all started by just reminding ourselves of who we are in Christ Jesus, and then we all put on our armor like we're going out to battle, and then we all pray battle prayers. How effective. That pushes back darkness. That takes back territory. That moves us forward. The power of prayer. Holy Spirit, just speak to every heart in this room. Just remind every person here that they have a responsibility as a soldier of God to pray. And it's cool. Pray at home. Pray in your prayer closet. Pray with your wife. Pray with your husband. Whatever you want to do. But there's something different about coming together with your brothers and sisters in Christ, about looking around a room and seeing the people that you're fighting with. I remember Fergus McIntyre saying one time, imagine yourselves in a battle. You're against an enemy. You can see Jesus above the enemy. So you're constantly, your eyes are on Jesus. 
But now look down the line and see who's in your line. Where you're sitting now, look around and see the people that you're fighting with. Man, it's inspiring. For this church, the Flaxmere, you think about your brothers and sisters up there. Who's, who's alongside you fighting with you? It's inspiring. This church has been likened to a battleship. I said this this morning, Parasan Tahi. He said that this, this church reminded him of a battleship. You see, a battleship has scars. If your church is a flash cruise liner, you've got a problem. This is a battleship. This church has been through some battles. The people in this church have been through some battles. You know why? Because we choose to go into battle. We don't hide from battle. We're not scared of going to battle. Because we have Almighty God on our side. When the enemy looks at us, he sees Jesus Christ. What have we got to fear? God didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you one of power and of love and of sound mind. We are fearless. This church is fearless. And so I encourage everybody, make an effort. Even if we said, man, once a month on this date, as many people as, they, as can shows up and we go to war together. And if you're not used to it, come along and practice. We're in a battle. So we've reminded ourselves of who we are in Christ Jesus. We've seen where the battle is. We know what our armor is. We know what we're meant to do. We're meant to use the word of God, the sword of the spirit, and we're meant to pray. And then there's a mission. We all know the Great Commission is to go out into all the world and share the gospel with all creation. But in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, it says this, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. I take that as an instruction from Jesus Christ. If I was to replace us for the disciples, then it would say this. Then Jesus called us together and gave us power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent us to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Like man, we're pretty spoiled as children of God. We've been given every blessing. And whenever we're in, we're in trouble or we feel like we're in trouble, God is there. Holy Spirit is always there to comfort us. We live with the unconditional love of God, the abounding grace of God. We live with the peace that surpasses all understanding. We are rich in the things of God. But we're also positioned to serve God. I think sometimes there's a lack of balance both ways actually. Some people serve too much, some people not enough. But what I'm saying is we can't just take all the time. There's got to be some given in this world today that is screaming out for help. Will you run to help? Will you get in the battle? Will this church get in the battle? Some of us have been in God a long time. I haven't been in it. 
I've been a Christian for 16 years. Some of you in this room may have been a Christian for 50 years. And you've seen some things and you've been in some battles, but now is the time. Now is always the time. Because we're trying to move forward, right? Now is always the time. And so Jesus sends them out, gives them power and authority over all demons. You see, you don't need to call someone to get rid of a demon because every single person that calls Jesus Christ their Lord, Savior, and Deliverer has the power and authority to get rid of a demon, has the power and authority to, to pray and cure disease. And we're talking about diseases, diabetes, cancer, not just a cold. If we just believe... And we've all been called to go out and preach the kingdom of God, to preach the goodness of God, to preach the revelation that Jesus Christ is my Lord, my Savior, and my Deliverer. To give people what we've got. Freedom. Every chain broken. This is not a game for these guys. When Jesus tells them to go out and do these things, I've read a, part, a passage where it says they didn't even eat. They couldn't wait to get out. They were so fired up and excited to serve Jesus, to love God and to go out and love people. There was nothing else for them. Sometimes we're so distracted by the busyness of this life, and I'm not trying to criticize anyone. I'm as bad as anyone. These guys dropped everything and they went out and they did it. And they went out and believed that they had the power and authority of Jesus Christ, that they carried the authority of Jesus Christ and the power of Almighty God, and they did the things that Jesus asked. And when they came back, they were so excited they couldn't wait to tell Jesus. I want to see people running back into this church, running back into Flaxmere, running to Pastor Nigel and running to Pastor Lisa and Pastor Peter and saying, man, guess what happened? Guess what I did this week? Guess what God did with me this week? Guess what, guess what gift God revealed to me this week? And it says in Mark 6, verses 30 and 31, Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. When you go into the battle, it is going to be intense and it's going to be tiring. Everybody that's probably sitting here today knows what it's like to serve, knows what it's like to be in a battle. It can tire you out. It can tire you out. And these guys had put everything they had into carrying out the mission that Jesus Christ gave them. When they came back, they were excited, but they were tired. And Jesus said, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest. You notice Jesus didn't say, go aside. He didn't say, go somewhere else by yourselves. He said, take me. He says, come aside by yourselves. Come with me, rest in me. I'll refresh you. I'll give you everything that you need to recover. I'll give you everything you need to build yourselves up for the next battle, for the next mission, for the next thing, for the next challenge. I was saying this morning, sometimes you go to a conference or something and you might be there for two days, you might be there a week, and at the end of it all, sometimes you're a little godded out. Sounds horrible, but you are. You've listened to so much worship and so much prayer and so much word, and you leave and you just want to rest. Jesus is saying, rest with me. Don't rest away from me.
And so two things there. One is, when it's time to rest, when you're weary from the battle, it's okay to rest. And when it is time to rest, rest with Jesus. Rest with Jesus. He's, he's the greatest rest, the greatest peace you'll ever have in your life. Don't rest away from him. The minute you rest away from him, who comes sniffing around? And the second thing is he recognized the need for rest in his disciples. I'm sure that they committed themselves 100% to everything they did. And I can imagine, I was saying this morning, that um, they'd be like those Christians that you know who will pray all weekend with someone, you know, and they're playing the guitar and they're going hard and they're they're, they're praying in tongues and the rest of it. They'll go 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours. The math teacher is nodding at me. (laughs) Yeah. But there's always a need for rest. It's okay to rest. It's okay to rest. So we're in a battle. We have an enemy. He is relentless. But his power is futile against the children of God. He has no power and no authority in your life. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. When you walk out of here today, you walk out with your chest up, your head high. We know who we are in Christ Jesus. We know where the battle is. It is in the spiritual realm. Your worldly weapons will not help you in this fight. We know that we have the armor of God that we can put on to go into battle. We know that we have the sword of the Spirit to attack. We have prayer to access the resources of heaven. And we have a mission, which is to go out, share the gospel throughout all the world with all creation, to heal the sick and to cast out demons. We are Christian soldiers. We are the army of God. Our mission is to move forward, to go onward, to take back territory and to push back the dark forces of this world. Who's keen? Hey, when they say, what are the, when you say the Marines, he's going to, who, what? <laughs> it's not that, but I know everybody here is king. I know everybody here is king. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God, for every person in this room, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that we get a revelation, a revelation, Lord God, that we are in a battle, but that we win that battle, Lord God, every single time. The enemy who is relentless, he has no power and no authority in our lives. In fact, he is fearful of us. We have not been given a spirit of fear. He has. He is the father of lies. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord Father God, that this group of people, everybody here that's in this room and listening online, would understand who they are in Christ Jesus, would understand that the battle is happening in the spiritual realm. Father, that... They would not be distracted or discouraged by the things of the world. Father, that they would get a passion and a fire to go forward and take ground, to push back the forces of evil. Father, to wear the armor with pride, each and every day reminding ourselves that we are covered in the armor of God. Father, that we would get a heart and a love for fervent prayer. That we would get an understanding, Lord God, that when we pray, atmospheres shift. Circumstances change. Lives are transformed. Praise God. 
And Father, I just declare blessing and favor and prosperity over every single person in this room, Lord God. Pour out your blessing. Every person here, every family represented here, Lord Father God, we thank you for them. Father, we pray for uh, Pastor Nigel Woodley's church too, Lord God. We lift them up to you, Father. We thank you, Lord God, for their fellowship and brotherhood. Father, we thank you for that mighty man of God. Father, we thank you for that church, Lord God. We thank you for what they're doing, Lord God, in Flaxmere and right throughout Hastings. Father, I thank you that what they do there is shifting atmospheres right across the country, Lord God. Father, I thank you for a church that knows you and knows how to pray. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the relationship between this church and that church, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that it is a blessing to both of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.